listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Rob Anderson and Jason Brown. All right. Welcome to the AgCast for June 30th. Um, I am solo this week. Well, not really. Matthew's here with me, our producer. Yeah, Thank I'm try- trying to hide behind the microphone. Yeah, don't don't hide. I need some support out here. It's lonely. It's kind of empty over here. Um, interestingly, though, we are going to have a guest today. I'll get into that later, but something a little different for us. Jason is off enjoying himself in the tropical location. Um, we A couple of things first. Matthew, I'm sure you watched. We were on the Vine on KTHV. Yeah, our, our very own Jenny Higgs on there. Uh, that was Tuesday. Talking about crops. Yeah, we did, she did a little quiz, uh, a little crop quiz. Um, we will be back on the vine again in July. I believe July 12th. It's a Tuesday. Um, could be wrong on that. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're enjoying our time there. It's a great little, uh, it's a great place to talk about Arkansas Farm Bureau and what we do and who we are. Um, and we're having a lot of fun with that. So be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, I don't have anyone to banter with, so I'm going to jump right into the news today. Well, I can't. I feel like I keep giving you the shaft there. No, I could banter with you, but I'm going to jump into the news. Uh, first up, some news that come to, comes to us from American Farm Bureau. U.S. consumers will pay $69.68 for their favorite Independence Day cookout foods. This includes things like cheeseburgers, pork chops, chicken breasts, homemade potato salad, strawberries. Like homemade potato salad. I don't know if it is if you're buying it at the grocery, right? Anyway. Uh, strawberries and ice cream, and this is based on a new American Farm Bureau Federation uh, market basket survey. The average cost of a summer cookout for 10 people is $69.68, which breaks down to less than $7 per person. But the overall cost for the cookout is up 17%, or about $10 from last year. Uh, A result of the ongoing supply chain disruptions, inflation, the war in Ukraine, farmers are feeling the price point pain, too, like a lot of the people who uh, who eat the food, the grow, those who are growing the food are also uh, feeling the impact. Uh, according to Ch- AFBF Chief Economist Roger Cryan, des- despite higher food prices, the supply chain disruptions and inflation have made farm supplies more expensive. So like consumers, farmers are price takers and not price makers. The bottom line, he says, is that in many cases, the higher prices farmers are being paid aren't covering the increase in their farm expenses. Cost of fuels up, fertilizer prices have tripled in some cases. It's uh, pretty brutal out there. The Market Basket survey shows the largest year-to-year price increase was ground beef. Uh, survey results show the retail price for two pounds of ground beef at $11.12. That's up 36% from last year. Meanwhile, the Agriculture Department's producer price index indicates that compared to a year ago, Farm-level cattle prices are up 17.5%, but wholesale beef prices are down 14%. This kind of highlights the difference between farm-level wholesale and retail beef prices and how the events of the last few years have had a significant impact on the beef production and cattle pricing cycles. It's, it's become really hard to predict, really. Uh, several other foods in the survey, including chicken breasts, pork chops, the potato salad, fresh-squeezed lemonade, pork and beans, hamburger buns, cookies... They looked at all the traditional, kind of the traditional stuff you're going to eat on the 4th of July. All of those uh, had increased prices as well. 
One bright spot uh, for consumers is the average retail price for strawberries, which declined by 86 cents compared to a year ago. Sliced cheese and potato chips also dropped in price, 48 cents and 22 cents, respectively. Uh, Better weather conditions in some fruit-growing regions and greater retail pricing flexibility for some of those processed uh, products are likely uh, behind that. The year-to-year direction uh, of the market-based survey tracks with the federal government's Consumer Price Index report for food at home and general inflation across the economy. Both the index and market basket show increases of more than 10% compared to year-ago levels. So uh, enjoy your 4th of July, and uh, sorry for your pocketbook there. That's gonna. Do you have a, a favorite 4th of July kind of staple food? You a burger um, man, hot dog man? I'm actually a hot dog guy. Hot dogs, fully yeah. loaded or just plain? Uh, you know, I, I probably go with the plain. Mm. Are you? Are you? Uh, do you have a hot dog? Uh, oh well, I'm I'm a Fourth of July. I want a nice slice of apple pie. Um, <sighs> that is so American. Preferably, preferably with some ice cream on it and mm-hmm. warmed up. But. All right, very nice. You're quite the patriot there. Oh uh, yeah. Well, nice. I don't watch baseball, so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's shift from the consumer impacts to what farmers are actually doing uh, in light of all the challenges and upheaval out there. Today, the USDA released its acreage and June 1 quarterly grain stocks report, and it's an interesting one. I was talking to Mark Lambert, one of the Farm Bureau's Commodity and Activity uh, and and Economics Directors earlier this week, and he told me there was a lot of speculation that soybeans might have a higher planted acreage than corn this year for the first time since 83, and that was driven being driven by the high input costs for corn growers and uh, also a spike in renewable diesel plants that have have come online due to energy policies favoring renewable. A Dow Jones analyst even speculated 89.69 million acres of corn and 90.43 million acres of soybeans. But as it turns out, what we have, what we know right now, according to the report, is corn estimates came in higher than USDA March estimates and soybean acreage actually came in lower both are within the range of pre-report estimates. According to today's release, farmers 9 million acres of corn in 2022 and 88.3 million acres of soybeans. Um, also, though, interesting is the quarterly grain stocks report shows soybeans stored in all positions on June 1st totaled 971 million bushels, which is up 20, 26% from June 1 last year and exceeded pre-report estimates. On-farm stocks totaled 331 million bushels, up 51% from a year ago. Uh, A couple of other notes from my conversations with Mark. Soybean seed companies have developed and partnered together to release the Enlist E3 technology that combines an herbicide trait with a soybean cyst nematode trait. BASF, Corteva, and MS Technologies have developed a new generation of E3 traits to include the nematode, which which contributes around $1 billion in economic loss each year. Also, he points out there's a strong potential, and if you listen to business radio, you hear this all the time too, strong potential for the Fed to raise interest rates again, and that could have an impact. Uh, that could have the potential, that lead to the potential increase in farm debt, because we'd be looking at larger loan sizes to cover uh, some of those burdensome input costs on top of that. Ultimately, Fed rate hikes only increase the interest accrued on the operating loan, meaning it costs more to produce a crop and it further erodes profitability realized. The main thing to look look at as the APR rate, which affects credit cards and loan interests, small percentages lead to large increases in accrued interest payments on outstanding debt as it combines 
that compounds putting all consumers further into the debt cycle. So it's a lot of downer news today. Yeah, well, I I think that that's just the general uh, outlook of most of the economy right now. It's just inflation's hitting everything, and everything costs more. Um, Well, we might as well continue with the downer theme. (laughs) We talked a little bit about the national picture for corn, but this week we also got some comments about the Arkansas corn crop and other corn observations from Dr. Jason Kelly, University of Arkansas Extension Agronomist for Wheat and Feed Grains. Here's a little sample of that interview. Corn is probably our biggest fertilizer usage user of, of all the crops we grow. So, you know, that, that really weighed on our producers' minds about, okay, I, I, good corn prices, I want to plant corn, I like the rotation. Boy, this fertilizer price, I, I got to get some good yields to, to counterbalance that, that extra, extra expense there. Our planning intentions, the report come out into March, uh, thought we would plant about 750,000 acres. And that was off about 100,000 from a year ago. So a year ago we had about 850,000, so we're expecting maybe 750 this year. And I, I felt like that, uh, that drop in acres was probably all related to fertilizer price. And so, you know, we felt like we might be off a little bit in some areas. Right now, into June, I mean, it's, it's almost 90 degrees out here in the morning, right? It's, it's hot. And so that, that's probably the biggest issue we're facing right now. I mean, uh, you know, from a management standpoint, trying to keep everything irrigated up is really the key. And so, you know, corn, uh, you know, like us, we don't like that 98 degree temperature, do we? Well, you know, one way that we can balance, counterbalance some of those effects is to uh, keep everything watered. And so, you know, typically in the past, if we're able to keep things watered, uh, we're still able to get good pollination, even though the temperatures are really high. Corn. All right, well, you can watch uh, our social media channels, all the Arkansas Farm Bureau social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, We're going to be posting a full video of Dr. Kelly's comments and analysis, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Now let's take a quick break to hear about Arkansas Farm Bureau membership. Um, After that, we're going to have a special guest in the studio with us, something a little bit different. Um, We'll have uh, a guest in the studio to talk rice, and more specifically, the Arkansas Rice Research and Promotion Board. Your Arkansas Farm Bureau membership supports our work on behalf of Arkansas farmers, ranchers, and rural communities around the state. From youth leadership programs and academic scholarships, to hunger relief and disaster support, and much more. You can make a difference and be a champion for your community. Join today at ARFB.com. All right. All right. Well, uh, today is something a little different. I'm joined by a special guest, um, Jeff Rutledge of Newport, a uh, rice grower. You can uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement with the Arkansas Rice Research and Promotion Board. Yeah, thanks, Rob. I uh, appreciate you having me on today. Um, like you said, I'm a, a rice producer from Newport. I've uh, been uh, involved in Farm Bureau for a number of years. I currently serve as the Rice Division Chairman uh, for Farm Bureau, um, uh, and I'm also serve on the uh, Arkansas Rice Research Promotion Board as representative, uh, appointed by the governor, um, uh, as, as uh, nominated by Arkansas Farm Bureau. All right. Well, we we thank you for joining us today. Uh, obviously, we were talking a lot about the uh, the latest reports on crops and whatnot. Uh, any anything to add to that? As you were listening, to, I'm sure you're on top of all that stuff. So yes, we uh, we watched that report uh, with great interest uh, in, in, in the farming community and. 
how it affects directly, you know, the price that we receive for our right. crops, um, the direct impact that that has. And so, um, you know, it's it's been a concern uh, what that uh, effect that would have on our markets um, and, and, you know, especially in the rice industry uh, with uh, Arkansas producing half the rice crop uh, mm-hmm. in the U.S., uh, it was very interesting to see uh, what that uh, crop report showed is what our planted acreage was in Arkansas. So speaking of that, we, uh, a week ago we had Dr. Jared Hardke. Uh, we had a little uh, soundbite from him, and we've since posted some video from him just talking about the rice crop this year and some of the challenges, uh, you know, just getting it planted and and other things, the input costs, all the usual stuff that we're hearing about. Um have you faced that? I mean, are you, what's it like from your perspective as a rice grower? Yeah. So, you know, we've seen a lot of, uh, run up in, in crop prices that we receive in, in corn and soybeans. There's, there's been a, a pretty good increase, uh, in those prices, uh, that farmers receive in the, in the past year or so, not, not enough to cover the, the increase in inputs, but more so than we've seen in the rice market. Mm-hmm. Um, Rice has kind of been hit uh, doubly in this market as as our the price that we receive um, has not gone up near as much as the other commodities have, and yet our costs have has, have gone up um, even more so because uh, we use you know quite a bit of, of input costs uh, right. associated with rice production. So the fuel, uh, of course, has gone up double uh, from last year. Fertilizer, same story, double from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as well as some of our other inputs that have gone up, you know, thirty to forty percent. So, well, this is probably then uh, uh, maybe a good time to talk about uh, something that could be positive for for rice growers, and that is the Rice Research and Promotion Board. I mean, tell us more about that. What's the importance of it? Uh, why why should people be involved? That's I'm I'm glad you're going to have some good news here on this yeah. negative podcast. I know so. we need to close out strong. So. <laughs> So yeah, I mean the 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 story of the Arkansas Rice Research uh, and Promotion Board and and the checkoff uh, that it administers is is a is a great story uh, in Arkansas on the rice production industry. Uh, you know we've that's got a long history of, of farmers acting cooperatively, uh, pooling their money at first voluntarily, and then uh, getting the legislature to to enact that and codify that uh, mm-hmm. in Arkansas law later on in later years. And that uh, that continues to produce benefits for the Arkansas rice producer. Um, those those funds um, have a huge uh, rate of return on on the amount that's invested every year, uh, and that's that's led to a lot of increases uh, in production and profitability for Arkansas rice farmers over the years. And, and tell us a little bit about that. I mean, it, it's it supports some research that leads to. Um, you know, different, I guess, varieties, things like that, that help with uh, yield and, and improve yield and all that sort of thing. Uh, what's the value there? How does that work? Um, so, um, you know, all of the the way this works, as far as the checkoff mm-hmm. goes, is um, it's it's assessed to half half of the um, half of the checkoff is paid for by the producer, mm-hmm. um, and then at the first point of sale, the first point, uh, the first buyer pays the other half for promotion. So, and those those funds are designated separately. So, all the all the funds that the farmer pays in uh, are designated specifically for research that goes to the University of Arkansas. So, every single uh, rice recommendation that's that's been made over the last, uh, you know, probably 30, 40 years, uh, as far as um, herbicide recommendations, as far as uh, soil fertility recommendations, pest management. Uh, water use efficiency, 
all of those recommendations are a direct result of the uh, checkoff dollars that farmers have paid in to, to fund that research. And, uh, you know, it, it enables the research, it enables promotion of, of the rice. Mm-hmm. From a rice farmer perspective, can you talk about maybe some of the, you know, the benefits and how you've seen it, you know, whether it's from the yield, it's from the promotion, it's from all of that? Yeah, so as far uh, as far as the research side of it, I mean, we've, we've sent, seen a, a huge increase over the years in, in, our, in our yields, in our uh, um, in our efficiency in rice production, so uh, cost savings uh, as well as uh, a continued increase in yield and a, and a continued in, uh, increase in the efficiency of the resources that we use in, in water and soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, that's that's been um, a biggest part uh, of the, the benefit that we've seen directly from research. Uh, promotion side, we've also seen promotion of, of our product, not just here in the u.s which half of our crop stays here in the u.s Mm -hmm. but the other half of our crop is exported internationally so that's something that we have also contributed to as an industry to promote our product around the world and compete in the world market yeah i was going to say i'd seen some of that uh and and how you 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 help with these issues with uh, the international trade and things that need to happen um on that front so it's a broad broad based benefit it is or yeah, and and that's that's something that you know um, typically your typical uh, farmer that stays on the farm doesn't get to see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there there are a lot of farmers that are active uh, in the industry and looking out for all of our best interest, uh, not only here but around the world, and and how our product is promoted and, and developed. Well, and that's what I was going to ask about is for for the the rice growers out there who aren't as involved or actively involved, but, you know, or maybe not thinking about this as much to, you know, if, if you're making a pitch to me about the importance of this, mm-hmm. um, obviously we've talked about some of the things, how would you sum it up? I would say every, every aspect of, of production that's, um, that's common practice in Arkansas, mm-hmm. uh, is the direct result of the, uh, research that we have funded, uh, by the uh, by our checkoff dollars, uh, every every bag of rice that's sold either here or around the world uh, is a direct result of the promotion dollars that have been paid in uh, to try to move that rice after we produce it. So we have uh, the farmers on one side continuing to fund increase in production, and we have the first purchasers on the other side continuing to increase the the movement of those increased bushels. Right. Well. Again, it's nice to have a little bit of, uh, of positive spin here at the end of our uh, down ag cast. Um, however, I, you know, to get back to maybe the negative, tell me your perspective looking at the rest of the year from a grower's point of view. What are you anticipating as we head into, you know, through the summer and into harvest season? Well, you know, uh, if you're farming at all, you have to be uh, an optimist at some level. I mean, yeah. you're as, as negative if, as farmers are, um, we, we continue to do it. So we have to be optimistic about something. Um, right. So we're, we're um, hopeful that uh, we will get a continued increase in, our, in the price uh, that we get for our crop. Like you said, we're price takers. We can't determine, uh, you know, the amount that we get for our crop. Right. Uh, and, and we're hoping for, for mitigation and in, in some of the input costs, you know, maybe – hoping fuel comes down maybe yeah. fertilizer comes down maybe uh you know we have uh kind of a calming of of world um unrest and and uh, 
just hope for a better future. It's a lot of fingers crossed. A lot but, of fingers yes. crossed. Well, we thank you very much for, for joining us today. Appreciate uh, you having me on. And again, you know, having an empty chair over there, it was nice to see another face <laughs> so I could interact with somebody besides Matthew. Sorry. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, though, you're still here. Do you, do you have something for us? Yes. Usually Brian has uh, this day in history. So uh, because I want to make sure Brian's tradition keeps going, uh, I, I brought two things to the table today. Um, first, a little less exciting, but it's Michael Phelps' birthday. Um, you know, gold medal, gold medal swimmer. Um, a little bit more interesting, though. Uh, a little over a hundred years ago today it was when the Tungusta event happened, which is when a piece of a comet hit Siberia and it blew down two thousand miles of trees and is considered to be uh, a thousand times the uh, power of a nuclear bomb. So you know. Oh. All right. We, we should all be glad that that hit Siberia. <laughs> well, uh, you know, let's hope that at the end of this farming season, we aren't hoping for another event right here to just uh, wrap it all up. What a depressing show today. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Uh, no, but do thank you for joining us. That wraps up uh, this week. Uh, thanks for following along with the AgCast. We're grateful for you taking the time to watch and listen. Uh, as always, don't forget, you can catch the live stream every Thursday, 2 p.m., on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, make sure you turn on the notifications, get those alerts when we go live. Arkansas Agcast is brought to you by Arkansas Farm Bureau, hosted by me, Rob Anderson, and usually Jason Brown. Uh, thank you again, our special guest today. Thank you. Um, and that's it. Our show is produced by Brian Pistol and Matthew Magnafrau. See you next week. <laughs>